0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over twenty eight million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law.
1: Oh boy, what a win! Uh, you are listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. I am Matt Bray. Eric Scopel is with me. Also Eric, here. I am also here. Thirty seven, thirty five. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much confidence there was. Uh, when Washington scored the go-ahead touchdown to pull up 35-34 with a minute to go, uh, Anthony Gordon to a Rock-0 for a five-yard touchdown pass. They've kicked the field goal, eight plays, 90 yards in two minutes and six seconds for Washington State. They have a one-point lead. And quite honestly, like, when that happened, that's – I. What was, your, what was your confidence level in Oregon going seven plays in 53 seconds to win the game? It wasn't super
2: high, but I would say that, like – it wasn't like Washington State had really defended Oregon well the entire game, especially when Oregon was running the football. So I guess a drive with a minute to go when clearly you're going to end up... yeah, two having, timeouts. have two timeouts, so you're going to end up throwing the ball for the majority of it. Um, I wasn't super confident, but I also thought, like, Washington State's not very good defensively, and Oregon does not have to go that far. And once Mikhail Wright, we should mention that, that was a big part of the entire thing, is Mikhail Wright, uh, true freshman, his first kickoff return as a Duck, only out there because Travis Dye, is, is injured. Uh, returns it to the 40-yard line. That means Oregon does not have to go very far um, to, to get into field goal range for Camden Lewis, who we should mention. Three made field goals in this game. Oregon does not yep. win this football game, obviously, without Camden Lewis. And I think it was in the Mailbag podcast this week, somebody <laughs> was saying, asking us confidence. about there was what's zero. Our confidence level, and we weren't very confident. And I was like, well, the football gods, they want to do that to Oregon. And they did it to Oregon. And Camden Lewis was three for three today. Uh, and kick the game winner from twenty six yards out uh as time expires as Oregon sneaks out of Autzen Stadium with the win that frankly it felt like I felt pretty confident at like four or five different points in the second half and then Washington State had the answer. A lot of credit to that football team. They they battled back. Oregon led by eleven points uh with about what was that early fourth quarter, then they went down and kicked another field goal to go up six. Wasn't enough. Washington State comes down and, 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 like you said, takes that one point lead. And gosh, there's so much going on here. But let's start with, I guess, just Justin Herbert' final drive. That's
1: where four. See, four that's where awesome. I had no confidence
2: because he didn't have a very good game. He didn't part.
1: have a very good game with, up to that point. And he, I mean, this is a game he didn't throw a touchdown pass. So that streak ends at 35 straight games with a touchdown. Uh, and, and up until the four, up until the game-winning drive, he really hadn't played all that well. And he hadn't been asked to to play at a high level either. Like he he finished the game with what twenty two attempts and hey, 31. Yeah, thirty one. Thir- yeah, thirty attempts. Um, but going into the fourth quarter, it, it, he was like fourteen of nineteen, something of that, something nat- like that of yeah. nature. Very small number, and yet. This was, people are gonna, people are gonna look at him last week at Washington and, and how he played to, to engineer a comeback victory. This was his signature moment as a senior quarterback at Oregon because he hadn't played very well. All the momentum, all the, all the juice, all the confidence just got sucked right out of the stadium when Washington State scored to go up by one with a minute to go. And, you know, this is, oh, here we go again. Cougars are gonna come back. They're gonna win the, they're gonna win this game. Oregon again, once again, you know, a close, hotly contested game. They're not gonna come up on the right side of the football. Uh, and yet, he completes a pass to so six yards for Verdell, gets out of bounds. On second down, he compl- completes a pass to Spencer Webb for seven, for seven more yards on a first down. And then he hits a big one for Juwan Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, on first down for 15, He gets the ball to the Washington State 33. Uh, timeout with 34 seconds to go, and then they ran a screen play to Juwan Johnson again, 24 yards to the 19... Huge call. Uh, to the Washington State 9. Huge call. There. I but thought he was gone. I thought he was going to score. I thought he was going
2: to score, and, and we've been waiting for Juwan Johnson to have these moments, and he had two huge moments with the game on the line, and a huge spot for the senior to pop up there. Um, like you said, the, just the passing attack wasn't very... I don't know. wasn't particularly explosive. 222. No twenty two yards, and 50 of those came in the last drive. I mean, Herbert, if you take... If Oregon's defense gets a stop um, uh, on that drive, pr- prior, Herbert probably finished with like 160 yards passing. Yeah. Um, but like we said, he makes the throws when needed. He was very sharp on that drive. Some tough passes. Spencer Webb, quietly three catches, 42 yards. All, all three of his catches, I think, went for first down. Some really big plays um, from him there. Uh, and again, Jawan Johnson. Just a lot of guys, I think, on that last drive to credit um, to set up Camden Lewis and I think we should also mention that Oregon's defense, which we've been hailing as maybe the next game green, maybe the one of the best defenses yeah. in program history. You know, five games, just 25 points, one touchdown in that five-game stretch. You know, I think, like, one touchdown drive out of 64 possessions or something crazy like that. Consecutive weeks now has looked nowhere near as sharp. Uh, looked pretty human. 65 points in two weeks uh, in, in wins over Washington and Washington State. But – uh Washington State throwing the football was a real problem for Oregon. I don't yep. think that really ever found an answer.
1: I think we saw the um, impact of Troy Dye not being yeah, and Troy Dye not tackle. playing.
2: I mean, the, 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 the touchdown to bring it within, I think, three points for Washington State was right over Drew Mathis's hands. Drew Mathis was the player who started. They picked
1: on him consistently.
2: Yeah, game. they did. They picked on him quite a bit. He he um, he did finish with three tackles. Uh, Mathis did in the game, but uh, they missed Troy Dye out there, and and, and I just think in general, um, it's a really difficult offense to defend and. Gordon throws to 406 yards and three touchdowns. Oregon does get two picks. One of them is a touchdown from Javon Holland, but don't want to look too far ahead. Don't want to look at next, uh, next week in, in much detail. We'll talk about that later, but USC is also extremely, extremely good throwing the football. It has some really dynamic wide receivers. Um, it, it's not going to get much easier next week, but you just, I think you enjoy this victory and go, man, Oregon has found a way to overcome two gut punches from back to back weeks from Washington and Washington state and is now five and zero in the Pac-12, uh, and is in you know absolutely the driver's seat to win the division. Stanford second with a three and three record. Oregon has a tiebreaker. Oregon State is is next at two and two. You know Oregon is now got the tiebreaker uh, against four out of five teams in the Pac-12 North. You can basically eliminate Cal and Washington yep. State. You can actually, I think, you can eliminate officially those two teams from winning the conference. Even if Oregon lost out, the best they can be is five and four. And Oregon has the tiebreaker against both of those teams. So. Um, Oregon is in tremendous shape. You know, when next week over USC would put them at six and zero. I think that would basically lock it up. Um, you know, down the stretch here, so it's a lot to take out of this. Also, Oregon finally gets off the monkey off the back, beats Washington State. I'm just rattling through things here because there's so much to digest. We haven't even talked
1: about Cedric Verdell. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's a ton going on here. But what did uh, you make but, of the the decision to put the game on the line of Camden Lewis? I mean. We touched on it at the beginning of we were asked in the mailbag this week of confidence in the work of making a game-winning field <laughs> goal, sure and both of us had very little in that happening. And not only did he make the game-winning field goal, yep, he, made two, he made two other field goals. He was 3-for-3 three three in this game. He made a 40-yarder, uh, I think, for the, or, the first score of yep. the game. First Oregon score. First Oregon score, and, and you know this was a, a, a situation in which Going in, you had zero confidence in the kicking game. And I think coming out, you're like, oh boy, maybe they, maybe they got something
2: there. No, yeah, we learned in real time. Let's put it that way. We learned in real time what Oregon had at place kicker. Camden Lewis was huge, and I agree. I thought, not to nitpick, because Oregon comes out with the win. There are some things to nitpick in terms of some decisions, I think. But, uh, you know, they had the ball nine seconds to go with one time out remaining. They could have taken a shot at the end, and they could have run the ball, which was, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. Oregon ran the ball, basically, and did whatever they wanted to against Washington State's defense. Something we talked about coming in. We expected it might be the case, and it sure was. Um, but instead, they centered the football, and they showed a lot of confidence, and it's an easy kick. It was perfectly center. Cameron Lewis, I talked to him after the game, he said that was, they could have made it easier for me. They said up right down the middle, exactly where any kicker likes it, 26 yards out. you got to be able to make it, and so... He does, he does his job. And uh, yeah, I didn't have a ton of confidence. Personally, I maybe I would have taken another shot, but I think kudos to Cristobal for trusting his guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's again what he showed here. There's been times this year where he's been forced to make tough decisions, and, and I think he had to make a tough one. And just like it the previous Oregon possession offensively, he trusted his defense. You know, Oregon had the ball at the 33 yard line. They
1: punted at the 33 yard line.
2: They punted, yeah, and it ended up being a punt down to the 9 yard line, and, and they forced Washington State to go the length of the field, which they did successfully, to, uh, to to take the lead. But Cristobal certainly made some interesting choices. It pays off, and Oregon gets out of Eugene here with with another victory uh, and certainly some confidence. Just in your ability, I think, to have the resiliency to, to come out and, and win, again, two Very, very tough, very competitive football games against rival teams. Again, I mean, you beat Washington and Washington State in the same calendar year. This is going to be the
1: longest winning streak in Cougar history with with a minute to go. Five straight. It felt
2: like it might happen. It really did.
1: And 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 it comes (laughs) back and and snaps the the four-game losing streak. They've now beaten the Cougars. They've beaten the Huskies. They have one more game in the Pacific Northwest against the Oregon State Beavers in the Civil War. Um, This is now their fifth no sixth straight, right? Sixth straight conference win. Um, seven. What is Oregon's record? We don't even know what Oregon's record is. Seven one and five and zero this year. I think yeah, they five be- and zero in conference. Oregon plus.
2: State and Arizona State last year to finish the season. Am I off on that? I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's, it's
2: either it's either six or seven. They, they beat w- Oregon State obviously in the last game. I think they beat Arizona State.
1: They won they their last two. Reg- yeah, so seven straight Pac twelve games. Before
2: that. Yeah.
1: Five straight this season to open Pac twelve play. Um. They essentially are in a position now where it, it's going to take a catastrophic collapse. So
2: they'd, they'd have to lose out almost, basically. For,
1: for them to lose out in this football game. Um, yeah. Overall takeaways I think I, I liked what I saw from the run game from CJ Vigel. I, mean,
2: I mean, you can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: his 89 yard touchdown run is the longest run. In Oregon history, for a touchdown since the Anthony Thomas of 2012 in the Rose Bowl when he went for 91.
2: One of the more memorable plays
1: in yes. the last decade. And then Camden Lewis's walk-off kick for a field goal is the the first time the Ducks have won a football game in regulation or in overtime on a field goal kick, uh, basically in the final moments. Um, since, ironically enough, uh, against Washington State. On November 13th of 2005, Paul, Paul Martinez made a 19-yard field goal with one second for Oregon to win 34-31 in that football game, so uh, some historical stats there from Oregon's perspective. Uh, you walk out of this game looking like sometimes it's just good to be lucky than it is to be good. I think in this case, it was, Oregon was a little lucky to get out of here with a win, but that win doesn't happen if this team isn't good.
0: We'll get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/audio. Visit IXL.com/audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: Couple other things I think Verdell we should talk about just the fact that he had 313 yards of yep. from scrimmage in this, this was game. his breakout in game. Touchdowns. He had all, yeah, he had all of the offensive touchdowns in this game. Um Basically, every time they ran to the left side, it was for like twelve yards. I mean, average eleven yards a carry. Eighty-nine, obviously coming on one play, It skews that a little bit. But, gosh, was he effective? And, and at times, you almost kind of felt like they went away from him. You know, yeah. he ran the ball twenty. I don't times. think you got enough carries. I was to say, you, you do, I wouldn't complain if you gave him seven or eight more carries. Um, just because every time he touched the ball, it seemed like it was going to be 10, 15 yards. Um,
1: I don't. I didn't speak to Verdell outside of twenty-five yeah, seconds for one question. Very little there. Um, but really the only thing I think that pulled him off the field was cramps or fatigue. I think that was the only thing that that pulled him off the football field.
2: And then and then, probably a good segue here. The other thing that stopped the run game was a very questionable false start call on Pene Sewell. We should mention... Paxo officiating was horrible. And I think that's a place to transition. Um, that call... Sewell does not move. Washington State guy runs basically unabated to the quarterback, touches Sewell. It's clearly a offsides. It's called a false start. Oregon is then, I think it's like first and goal from the 14, and they end up running it once and then throwing it twice. And I think if that's not called and it's called properly, and Oregon has the ball at like the 7 or 8-yard line uh, for first down uh, a- after that, that drive goes differently. Oregon scores a touchdown. We're probably not talking about a game-winning field goal for Camden Lewis. We're probably talking about Oregon holding on, and Washington State maybe gets an onside yeah. goes for an onside kick after they score because they're still trailing. But it's not what happened, um, and it was one of like I don't know. I'm my head spinning in terms of how many awful calls there were. There were so many. There were a handful of PI calls that were terrible. Um, I look there, at there I, was just a lot of really weird calls.
1: I look at this game and. Washington I I'll have a column up on the site on duckterritory.com about it but Washington state plays like an inch from crazy like they bait you to get, commit personal foul penalties they take insane risks they they throw the ball and don't run it um you know they have a crazy guy running the whole entire I was operation say, I think they learn from the guy at <laughs> the top
2: the craziness you factor you they,
1: they, they are just you know the obscure team mm-hmm. and they're you know their game plan is always kind of built around getting you to do things that you aren't accustomed to doing and making mistakes that you aren't accustomed to making. And in this football game, especially in the first half, Oregon was caught a ton of times committing fouls that they just don't do. I mean, guys getting hit with unsportsmanlike penalties, guys hitting and blocking the backs, guys pass interference calls, crystal ball even... Losing is cool. He he got flagged. And and now, granted, I completely understand why he got so pissed off because the refs called a pass interference (laughs) on Diamond Lenore, (laughs) and it was right in front of the Oregon sideline, and Cristobal blew his gasket because he knew it wasn't a pass interference call. Probably said something that was inappropriate to say on a podcast. The referees, as thin-skinned as they were, threw the flag on him, on sportsman like penalty, and then went back and reviewed it and said, "Oh yeah, the play that Chris ball got, angry he was right. at, angry at us. Oh. Uh, he was right, so we're going to take that penalty away. But we're also going to keep now the penalty from a play that technically didn't happen in play. That's how. That's just how just bad it's, the it, well, it's like was. if
2: you got if it's like it, if the police." Came up and tried to arrest you for something you didn't do, and you were like, "Hey, I didn't do anything. Why are you trying to arrest me?" And then they were like, "Actually, you're right. You didn't do the original thing, but you fought back. So now we're going to take you to jail because we made a mistake to start with. That you like responded in a reasonable human manner because you're you know fired up. You, you're pulling this analogy because as we were leaving Austin Stadium, there was a guy we being just, arrested. There was a guy so it's very arrested. much on my mind, and, and he was also very much fighting the arrest. Now, I don't I didn't see what happened originally, so maybe he was like Cristobal and felt like uh, things had had you know not gone the right way, but. That was one of a handful that were really questionable and they were all pretty costly because oh, 100%. Um, I think Brady Breeze got called for one on a kickoff that gives Washington or or gives Oregon worse field position. Uh Daywood Davis gets called for one that gives Washington State really good field possession. Both of those times, you know, the it it, it really hurts Oregon. They don't score on one. They end up Washington State ends up scoring a touchdown on the other. Washington State ends up scoring a touchdown right after the uh, the very bizarre call on on Cristobal. So Washington State scored a touchdown after another questionable pass interference call, and I think it was the Amadeo Lenore. So there's there's just a lot going on, and and I guess credit to Oregon for finding a response when it was difficult. I think that's probably the big takeaway, and they've done it in consecutive weeks against good football teams Um, when things have been when their backs have been against the wall, when things haven't been easy. They found enough plays to get out and, and, and be winners. And that's I think that's what you're learning about this team, they're winners. And I think you, you wondered coming into the season at times if they were going to have that kind of killer instinct. I think at times we've wished they'd had a little bit more. But certainly consecutive weeks, very, very difficult games, forced to make a ton of plays at the end, and, and they've done it. And, you know, like we've said, they're 5-0 in Pac-12 play for a reason. And, and quite honestly, uh, with the way things have played out around them, this week they have a chance to go from 11 to maybe eight
1: yeah i was just going to wrap the podcast up with this line of talk of this was a night and a week that there were a lot of favored teams uh that played football games this week that lost and that is what you have to look at is that in a weekend in which craziness happened we saw we saw oklahoma go on the road as a three-score favorite. A 24-point favorite in that game. And at one point in the fourth quarter, we're down 25 points, and they they came back and lost. Uh, we saw Auburn lose by three points at LSU. We saw Wisconsin get blown out at Ohio State. Uh, I mentioned Oklahoma losing on the road to Kansas State. Uh, Notre Dame got absolutely destroyed by Michigan. Uh, you, you saw Texas... Go down on the road at TCU. Uh, there were games, Arizona State in the conference. Embarrassed. Makes no no sense. They lose by ten to UCLA. And so and on, it was a lot more than that. It was forty five yes.
2: to ten at one point.
1: And so my point being is, in a weekend, this happens every year. There is a bloodbath. It's it's called Black Saturday. A bunch of ranked teams lose all in the same weekend. Oregon was going to be one of those teams clustered into that group. And while it didn't have any impact on their chances of winning the Pac-12 North, it certainly would have knocked them out of the college football playoff discussion. And yet Oregon found a way to cheat death and still survive and be one of those teams that did not lose on a weekend in in which a ton of top 25 teams dropped.
2: Yeah, uh, again, I think this is a testament to the way... This team has kind of found a resolve, and you're right. There's there so much stuff going on around them, and quite frankly, you know, sometimes you worry about that, especially when Oregon plays late, and they're able to see all of it happened in front of them, and you go, they're very much aware of what this game means. And this means a ton, obviously, because of the conference race. It means a ton, obviously, because it hadn't been Washington State in four years. But it also means a ton because suddenly – With the win, Oregon knows they're actually going to have a decent chance of making the college football playoff. I don't know what the percentage is now, but our colleague Kevin Wade tweeted after, I think, Oklahoma lost that Oregon had a 71% chance, if they won out, to make the college football playoff. I would assume that number is a little bit higher with Notre Dame losing um, afterwards. But Oregon is going to have a shot if they can keep doing things like this, if they can keep finding the magic. But... um, I think you'd like to play, see them play things a little more clean. I think you want to see, certainly, this pass defense play at a high level. Um, you want to see probably Oregon continue to run the football a lot. You know, believe it or not, USC's actually ranked worse coming into this week than Washington State against the run. Jesus. So there's a chance that you could replicate some of that on the ground, and maybe C.J. Verdell has another Kenyon-Barner kind of game. You know, back in 2011, I think it was when Barner ran for like over 300 yards. Maybe you see another game like that in the Coliseum, but... Uh, there's going to be a lot more to answer next week. And, look, if you can get out of that with the win, you end up being you're 8-1, and 6-0 in the Pac-12, going into a bye week, and, and you set yourself up very, very well for that stretch run.
1: It's going to do it for us on the Austin Audible's podcast. Oregon finds a way and proves to 5-0 and in conference play, 7-1 and on the football season by beating the Washington State Cougars 37-35. to on a 26-yard game-winning field goal from freshman Camden Lewis as time expires in a cold, late Austin Stadium. So, for Eric Scopel, myself, Matt Prem, thank you for listening to this post-game edition of the Austin Animals podcast.
0: Adios, amigos. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...